podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. everyone and welcome to this your march edition of the reg review audio magazine right here on anfield index um as usual it's it's myself andy wales in the chair with none other than mr guy drinkle how are we doing guy i'm good man i'm good uh i thought the, i thought this month that we're obviously going to review february i thought it was actually worse than it than it turned out to be so that was surprising looking at the results as a collective <laughs> yeah that, well that's it i mean exactly what we're here for yeah your, your march edition uh, of of res review means we're going to look back at all of uh, february's action uh, on the pitch uh, some interesting goals to talk about some good performances some not so good performances and there's the your usual academy update from guy we're going to talk about uh, a bit of fantasy football We've also got our monthly trivia, and uh, me and Guy go head to head, of course, with the Premier League predictions. And and there's a certain second leg of uh, the Champions League against FC Bayern München to talk about. So all of that to come and more. But we're going to start with looking back at February, and it began, Guy, with um, what what can you call this other than pretty poor a one-one draw away at West Ham. Yeah, it was um, it was terrible. Um, we got the most dodgy of dodgy goals uh, in, in uh, that memory serves. I mean, Lalana. I think it was, no, was it Milner or Lalana? I think no, Lalana passed it. it. Milner was a good a good few feet off, yeah, offside. Yeah, in when, fairness to the linesman, I mean, he was only like about two or three yards offside. It was yeah. it was quite tight when you're yeah. blind. I mean, and. Milner couldn't have been much closer to the uh, to the assistant. <laughs> it's, it couldn't, couldn't get any more easier for that one. But no, I mean that that was that's the main thing I remember from that game. It's that the refereeing was abysmal. Um, I mean, I think. Sorry to jump yeah, in. I think, in fairness, that the linesman was pretty poor throughout the first mm. and second half. So oh, he, he gave some really bad decisions for and against both teams and the, the referee was pretty abysmal as well so yeah standard of officiating once again but in this case obviously we were the big winners on that goal but throughout the game there were some really really poor decisions wasn't there for both sides well I suppose we asked for consistency at least we get it <laughs> uh, yeah it was just bad I think it was Kevin Friend if I remember correctly who's not the best one I may be wrong on that but just not our there. friend yeah you can just add any of them in there and it, it doesn't really matter you can just call them bad um yeah i think the other thing to take away from this game was if i remember correctly is that nabby in the second half if we're, he, that's when he started to have an upturn in form obviously before i think the leicester game he was heavily criticized wasn't he previous um and yeah yeah i mean the west ham game he kind of turned it around in that second half and then the games afterwards that we'll talk about in a sec, he, he seemed to come into a bit of his own. But yeah, that that game, obviously quite a lot of players were ill, apparently. And you really saw that in the performance. And 
yeah, that, that was definitely two points dropped because I think since then West Ham has not been good, and before that they weren't good. And uh, no, they weren't good at yeah. all. They, I mean, they they lost to what was it like a I don't know a League Fifteen team in the FA yeah, Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that was definitely two points dropped. But considering that we were that we had ill people in the squad and uh, injuries and so on and so forth. Um, uh, a point's not the worst result, but I think you got to look at what West Ham have done. And you have to say it's two points dropped, but considering we're still top of the league um, after what was a difficult month on paper, at least uh, it's all right. It's all right, but if we do, if touch wood, if we don't win um, that game and uh, the Leicester one will be the ones we're looking back at, I imagine. Yeah, I, I talk about illness. I mean, I was feeling pretty ill watching it. Mm. It, it was it was an abject performance. Um, as you mentioned, Navigator second half really started to sort of come out of his shell and, and I think sort of really sort of uh, take the ball by the horn, so to speak, and, and and start to really show what he is capable of. And I, and I think he has taken, you know, more positive steps since then as well. And following on from that, I mean, because that was that was on the back of the Leicester draw, as you mentioned. So it was it was two really disappointing draws. It's four points dropped, no two ways about it, against teams that we should have beaten in them circumstances, even though, yeah, we did have some inj- uh, some illness throughout the squad. That's, you know, it, it, that kind of went on through the month, hasn't it? There's a few different players being affected, uh, including uh, one Genie Van Aldum heading into the Bournemouth game, who uh, only just made it to, to half-time with his shots still intact. But what a performance from Genie. What a performance from Liverpool. Um, thanks to our old mate, Eddie Howe. Liverpool 3, Bournemouth 0. Yeah, yeah. I mean, considering the two results that we just mentioned, I mean, Bournemouth at home, probably the perfect game, really, um, to, to kind of lift spirits, especially at Anfield. And yeah, Bournemouth, they, it was everything we expected and probably a bit more. Um, we just we just controlled that game throughout. They didn't really threaten. Um and yeah, Naby Keita's probably best performance in a Liverpool shirt. Probably one of Ginny Wijnaldum's best performance in a Liverpool shirt. And uh, we finally got to see the midfield three that we that we wanted, um, Andy. And yeah, it, it served as as we wanted it to. It was it was perfectly balanced. Surprisingly, Ginny Wijnaldum was the attacking one, as you mentioned. Again, he he, he was ill with. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know the other words for it without swearing. <laughs> um, but you know what was wrong with it. But yeah, yeah, he was. He had he had more runs than um, than the attacking runs. ones. Put it that way. Yes, that's the word I was looking for. The runs. I'm used to calling it the other word. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, <clears throat> he was surprisingly the attacking one, and we've seen that um, at for net for the Netherlands, and I think he played that at, um, at Feyenoord and PSV. Oh, I nearly said Ajax there. Um, but yeah, he seemed he he seemed to really relish that role, and we haven't really since seen that in the other games for the rest of this month from Ginny, which is which is surprisingly. But I mean, if that midfield three is the future, I know Ginny Vidalman is a bit older than the other two, but if that midfield three is the future, I mean, the bits and pieces we have seen of them as a collective, it's really good, and hopefully, because it's just just hopefully we see it against better teams of Bournemouth, because Bournemouth love giving us points, especially at Anfield. Yeah, and a couple of gorgeous goals in that game as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Ginny Van Alden chipping um, Boric. Uh, 
Yeah, it was Arthur Bodic. Yeah, I forgot how bad their goalkeepers are. Uh, but yeah, chipping Arthur, Arthur Boric, I mean, might as well just retire him there. I mean, it was fantastic. But I, I mean, thought he was retired. That, I yeah, gotta say, exactly. when I seen him on the pitch, I was like, who's that in goal? Boric, he's still playing. I thought he retired about three years ago, which which was nice of them to play him against us. Hey, he's their first choice goalkeeper. Now that's how bad Begovic has been. <laughs> um, yeah, oh dear, oh dear, with that one, I think they need to fix that one in the summer. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's such a, such a, it's almost a disrespectful goal. You're ill. You're not. You're playing in a position you don't really play for us, and then you just chip the goalkeeper and just like, yeah, I'll probably need to go to the bathroom after. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Look, lads, don't don't uh, don't ask too much of me. I can only run from the knees down. So um, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna still gonna chip the goalkeeper anyway. Just wow. And and, and look, I know spoiler up. We we're gonna talk about a couple of these goals and uh, and obviously the Mane goal when it comes to the goal of the month contenders. But I think at times it's almost like this Salah goal has been lost um, in, in conversation over over them over these past few weeks because that that ball through from Naby Keita outside of the foot, it just curled it so deliciously. Mm. It was just in, it was just sensational. And then, you know, Firmino, the little layoff, but it was it, it was just the speed at which it happened. You know, that sixth sense, able to read each other like that. And then obviously Salah just, you know, Salah just plants it beautifully bottom corner. It was just oh, absolutely sublime. I'll be honest with you, Andy. Before you started describing it, I had forgotten it myself. But as soon as you said Naby Keita passed, oh my, what a goal that was. Uh, I may have to change my goal of the month contender now. <laughs> I completely forgot about that goal. Um, it, yeah, it was disgusting. It was it was it was dirty goal. That. It was absolutely dirty. It, it was a rated rated X goal. That, definitely, oh, absolutely. That was right on certain websites afterwards. Yeah, um, children, avert your eyes. You're not allowed to watch this goal. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean Naby Keita. I mean, I think people said at the time the pass was reminiscent of that Sturridge, uh, the Gerard one to Sturridge back in the day against yes. Fulham. And yeah, you, you can definitely see the comparison. It was just dirty, and the fact that Firmino had um it just just announced to flick it back so so easily, um straight into Salah. Um, yeah, it, it was. It was a dirty goal, and when Salah gets in positions like that, he's not gonna, he's not gonna miss, especially against a goalkeeper who's not that good. But yeah, it, it just it just topped off what a, what a easy and good game that was for us. It was a really good day that. Yeah, it certainly was. So that, you know, after after a little bit of an iffy run, it was good to have our you know our tails up again, feeling confident. So we found a little bit of form. Especially heading into uh, the Champions League game against Bayern at home. I uh, did the preview, the Champions League preview uh, for this with Chris Williams. Uh, you know, we, we obviously spoke a lot about Bayern and <laughs> their tactics and the way they like to play and how vulnerable they are on the transition. And I've got to say, I thought Nico Kovac as a coach was really tactically spot on for Bayern in this game. Uh, I thought they started with with a game plan. After about probably about 20 to 25 minutes, the team kind of forgot about the game plan, got drawn into the game that we wanted, and, and we got 
you know, like you say, a 20, 25 minute passage of absolutely sensational football to watch up until half time. And then I think at half time, you just said um, in in German, obviously, uh, come on, lads, um, give your head a shake. Let's get back to the game plan and make sure we get out of here in one piece. Uh, and credit to them, second half, Bayern put on um, a, a really, really good show and completely shut us down. What, what were your thoughts on that game, Guy? Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you said there, Andy. It was it was an annoying game. Um, we weren't we obviously threatened at times. Um, I mean, the next game we discussed, we didn't threaten at times, but this one we actually did. But our chances fell to Joel your Matip, which is just not what you want, really. Um, but yeah, we put that first half. We played really well. Obviously, we had um, Van Dyke missing, which was a big thing. Um, and obviously that meant Fabinho was outside out midfield, so that was kind of a worry. But yeah, <clears throat> Henderson really stepped up in that game. He was excellent in that first half, as was as were most our players. I mean, we just obviously missed that finishing touch. Um, and then yeah, that second half you mentioned, it was just so boring. <laughs> Nothing happened. <laughs> it was abysmal. It was horrendous. Um, yeah, they they really took it to a T in terms of not allowing transitions because they did not move one inch. They did not let anything happen. Um, Javi Martinez and, and, and Thiago did their job perfectly. I mean, Javi Martinez, probably not one of the most eye-catching names, but he was really good um, for them in terms of stopping us. Yeah, he was. That was stuff. For me, that was um, classic Javi Martinez. Mm. Back to at his prime as a defensive midfielder, I thought he was excellent at his prime. And I know he's had a lot of injuries, but that he really did roll back the years with that performance. He, I thought he was incredible, like you said, next to Thiago, who who ran the game second half, and both their fullbacks who just stopped yeah. going past the halfway line because <laughs> I mean that is a general feature of Bayern's play is they do like to attack and the fullbacks really press on and Kimmich is such an important factor in terms of how they attack. So it, it was it was about just kind of shutting us down and and I thought it's something you don't often see from Bayern over the last sort of year or so is really really good. Uh, defensive displays and this for me was was probably the best defensive display display I've seen from Bayern for for a long long time yeah yeah obviously you watch more of Bayern Munich than me but I mean what you said about the fullbacks I was watching I watched them in the Champions League I mean I think they've got to the semi-final literally every year so I normally see a, a decent amount of Bayern Munich and you always see um well, it's only recently be Kimmich, but when it was Lam and um, Alaba, Kimmich these last few years, um, they they're always their main attacking outlet. I think Alaba missed um, the semi final or or one of the semi final legs last year, and it, it was a huge miss for them. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's such a good sign that we're forcing, albeit very much out of form, and I think the second or third in the Bundesliga uh, nowadays, but one of the most respected. And talented groups of, or was talented groups of players in in world football, and we made them change their entire game plan to just sit and be a Tony Pulis team. It is, that's a very good sign from us. And <clears throat> yeah, we obviously mentioned in in the preview for the next bit, but Kimmich is obviously suspended for the next leg. Um, I can't remember who got him booked, but the way he <clears throat> Mane wasn't it? Yeah, probably. Was he had to do it. Yeah, Mane had him yeah. on toast there. Yeah, but the way he celebrated, like even just 
blocking a cross. It just summed up the game. Obviously, it was a nice, passionate moment for, for Bayern fans, but you're just watching, like, why are they celebrating blocking a cross against us? Surely they should be wanting to beat us. So I think that it, that was a game, albeit second half was abysmal, it really shown the progress um, and how we're viewed across Europe now because if people are coming to Anfield genuinely fearing us, I know Bayern aren't what Bayern usually are, but they're still probably one of the favourites for the Champions League. Yeah, uh, and just to mention a few of our players, I mean, you've mentioned uh, Henderson, he had a really good game. That's the best in, in terms of forwards attacking play I've seen from Henderson. Yeah, he was so aggressive with his attempt, with his uh, with his passing. He was looking to thread it through, really drive passes in. It was <clears throat> it, it was the best I've seen him play for for a number of years from that side of the game. Oh, Mane always looked a threat, uh, and and at the back, you know, you said, you know, we we didn't have Van Dyke, but Matip's been in a good vein of form. He looks solid, and alongside him, Fabinho. Just such an accomplished footballer, and they they totally snuffed out um, Robert Lewandowski. So, yeah, there was there was some good performances from both sides, even though, like you mentioned, the second half was um, certainly a forgettable one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the main takeaway for me is you can't really praise the attack too much because we missed and didn't score past them, but we really did control that game, especially first half. I know. Second half, we uh, championed um, Martinez and Thiago. But first half, I, I definitely agree with you there. Henderson's probably Henderson's best performance or best half of football in, in in years. I know he had some good performances against like PSG earlier on in the season at Anfield, but this one was just next level. Um, and P and Bayern Munich were actually playing the midfield that day. Um, but yeah, it's just. <clears throat> It was just so good to see. I mean, obviously, lots of differing opinions on AI about Jordan Henderson, but I've always liked him, regardless if I've criticised him or not. I do like him. And it was great to see him have this good, have a brilliant game. And um, I just wish we saw more of it. Because we had, obviously, we went on to Manchester United and. Um, he yeah, take us about. Yeah, he didn't match it, that level at all. No, it, it take about ten seconds to talk through that game. Will it? Yeah. it was, it was, it was um, dire. <clears throat> I, I've got to be Eric saying, dire. <laughs> yeah, bad. yeah, it was that level of entertainment. Yeah. I mean, I missed, I, I missed watching Lucky. the the opening 65, 70 minutes of it live because I was away coaching uh, with uh, my son's football team. So I was quite fortunate, really. (laughs) Yeah, I watched the last 20 minutes and it was certainly forgettable. I went back and watched um, what I could of the game because I got so far in and I was losing the will to live. So ended up just watching highlights. It was um, it was pretty damn awful. And, you know, by the second half, they were they were the walking wounded. They were effectively 10 men, a bunch of crocs. And that was, for me, was a really, really disappointing display for what we were up against in the second half, as opposed to what Man United looked like when we were heading into that game. You know, a team that were on form and winning games, confident, attacking, scoring goals. By the second half, they they were looked more like a Jose Mourinho team limping around. And we never took advantage. And that is such a disappointment given the circumstances, even though, Guy, I think I'd also, on the flip side of that, have to say that if we've gone away to Old Trafford and played that badly, 
at least we haven't lost the game. Yeah, that's probably the main takeaway from it, really. Obviously, we've had a um, nearly a week or so to reflect on it. We've obviously, we had another game and that, that, that lifted our spirit the big time. But yeah, that Man United game was... Oh, God, it was so bad. <laughs> um, obviously, Klopp mentioned in the... Um, post-match interviews and stuff that man all the all the injuries just kind of screwed the momentum of the game and the flow of the game and it did but when our main tactic and out ball was James Milner crossing to nobody and hitting the first man it was just like watching it was like watching 16-17 where we used to cross it about 700 million times a game. That bad patch where it was like January to March. It was like one of them games and I was just like, oh my God, you could put you could put yeah. in 700 crosses and not one of them is going to go in. Just the Moyes at Man United era. Yes, that's probably of a better Over 100 crosses a game mm. and creating a literally like one chance maybe. At least they had big people. We, have, we had storage who's not. <laughs> In the air, good in the air, or was he's never been good in the air, never mind now. Um, what player he is now, and Salah and um, Matt obviously, man is all right in the air, but he's not, he's not going to exactly beat Chris Smalling in a duel, is he? Um, yeah, it was just it was so bad, and yeah, I mean, the main thing for us was that Bobby got injured, and doesn't I think they said it wasn't too bad, he, he might mm. play the weekend, yeah, um, hopefully. We subbed on storage, which I can see the benefit of, because they were obviously. I think we were hoping for like a moment of magic, but the team as a whole was just so disconnected, and we only passed the rights. Like Robertson, lipped, I think he touched the ball about three times. <laughs> that was probably it, um, and I, I, it was just horrendous. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Andy. <clears throat> I, I, my other takeaway from this game was, uh, and it's happened so many times this season. And I just don't get it. It frustrates the hell out of me. Is why we insist on playing outswinging corners, you know, away from where the players are coming in, because they they just don't seem to do anything. You know, the way that we drive the ball, it it, it just irritates me. And the same with the free kicks. I mean, the the set piece delivery, especially in that game, was bloody awful. I mean, really atrocious. But what is this thing with outswingers? You know, and, and especially with free kicks. For me, uh, you're out, you're in swinger towards the far post. You've got your players, all the players coming across it. If no one makes contact, the, there's a good chance it can still go in or something happens. But we're playing the ball away from danger so often and it just, uh, it just baffles me, Guy. Yeah, yeah. I think that's just down to the fact we don't have that many left-footed people in the squad. I think... Robertson's obviously left-footed, but I think there was one game he took corners and they were actually worse than Milner's, if I remember correctly, so we found something Robertson's not good at. We did have Salah on the pitch, who takes oh, God, a no, pretty his, good one. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't like... His, I think the only person who could take a set-piece in our squad is Trent, to be honest. <laughs> Salah's not very... For me, Salah's not very good at any set-piece. I mean, he scores penalties, but he's not very good at them. <laughs> but, yeah... I, I do agree. I mean, Shakiri should be able to take him, but he's obviously not played that much. Um, so it probably just lead me on to the fact that Trent didn't play, um, which mm. for me, it impacts us so much, whether it's open play, set pieces, just the balance of the team. He's just better than all our other right-backs at pretty yeah. much everything. I mean, 
he obviously gets criticism defensively, but he's even if he has a, a bad game, he's got the pace and everything to um, counteract some some poor defending at times. So, yeah, we don't know how fit Trent was. I mean, he looked perfectly fit against Watford, but we don't know what he was like at the weekend. And, yeah, just begs the question why the hell Trent wasn't playing, because if he had the same amount of touches Milner did, we would have won that game. No, two, no doubt about it, we would have won that game if Trent had that much of the ball. I think it's just purely that he'd just come back from injury and had that one game. So, yeah. I, like, I can understand in terms of protecting the player because of the whole injury and, you know, the, the whole the chronic load and uh, everything. that They go into much better detail on uh, the fatigue index. Uh, and Simon Brundish obviously can and can talk to you <laughs> expertly about it because he knows everything about it. But I can understand from that perspective of not playing him. It's it's just from what we see on the pitches. If he's not, you know, he's not able to be selected. We don't have anything else. We don't have an, yeah. a replica on that on that side of the pitch, which is which is a concern. At least on the other side, yeah, people may have their doubts and reservations about Moreno, but he does a, he he does offer similar kind. Of, you know that in terms of your attacking player, there are some similarities there with Robertson. So it's not like a million miles of, of a drop off. Whereas on the right hand mm. side, there just doesn't seem to be anything. But one final thing before we move on to to the Watford game is, please tell me, guy, what the hell was that indirect free kick early on, where we <laughs> rolled it back for someone to touch it, for someone else to smash it into a player who was by that by which time about ten centimeters away from them. Um. I'm going to guess Fabinho's English doesn't really do Yorkshire and Macam accents. That's the only thing I've got there. <laughs> because that was horrendous. Um, yeah. I, why, I don't get why you do the extra touch. Just pass it to someone who can hit. I don't get why Van Dyke wasn't hitting that. Just let him have it, kick it as hard as he can. Someone's moving out the way of that. Why? Ball. Why roll it back? Why yeah. take a touch? Why anything? Just smash it into yeah. a crowd of people. You know, as in not the wall, but into that area because there's a good chance it'll take a deflection and then it goes in. Hey, it counts. It counts. But oh my! For me, that that indirect free kick kind of summed up summed up our performance and summed up that bloody awful game of football. So moving swiftly on, and we've ended the month in. Rather nice fashion guy. Um, I, I have got to say, I thought Watford did create two or three dangerous opportunities, which kind of gets forgotten about when you're just talking about the goals and the scoreline. But we, we had a couple, two or three little frights. But other than that, this was an absolutely exemplary performance. Um, 5-0 win against Watford. We just seem to like playing these lately as well, don't we? Yeah, I mean, we really have. Um, Watford... To some club, I think Man City really bought them as well. But Watford, Watford uh, are the new Norwich. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Same color, same yellow. We like it. Yellow kit. It's where it is. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's just really weird because you look at Watford and I think they trouble like Arsenal. Obviously, Arsenal aren't that good. I think they've troubled Manchester United in the past. I might be wrong with that one. Um, but against us and, and City just seem to batter them every time. Um especially in the last few years. Um yeah, I think they're just perfectly built up for us. They don't have they're not very good defensively, or they don't really have a setback for us, outstanding back for and 
their system just seem it just really suits. They don't really track back. They leave the fullbacks exposed. And when Salah's one on one and Mane's one on one, it's just like, well, you're screwed. <laughs> Unless you play for Manchester United, seemingly. Um, but yeah, this game was just everything the United game wasn't really. It, it was, it was perfect. Um, defend defensively, not too much to worry about. But my God, Fabinho is a scary man. I mean, this is a bloke who's only. He, he, I don't. I'm not sure how many minutes he's played, but he's probably he's probably played only half or so of our games, or or half of our minutes, or whatever. And he's looking like the best midfielder in the league. I mean, the week previous, Pogba didn't give him any trouble. Who's he's one of the best, regardless of what we think is Liverpool fans. Pogba is one of the best midfielders in the league. We are most talented, surely. And Fabinho is laughing at these people, and now he's chasing people down like a horror character from like a eighties slasher film. He's like, yeah, we, <laughs> we mentioned it with pre pod. It's like Inspector Gadget, yeah. and his legs are gadget legs, and they just kind of reach out, reach around, and take the ball off someone. That that little bit where he, he yeah he chased down Delafeo and took it off him, and and Delafeo's left sliding for about ten yards, whilst he's... Fabinho casually strolls away with the ball. It, that was just oh sensational. Thing is, Delafeu is probably one of the quickest players in the league, and he jogged after him. He wasn't even sprinted. <laughs> he was just, he was just like, I'm gonna, go go gadget. He was just like, oh, I'll just score for a cheeky wonder. I'll get the ball back. It was just like, no, no, you're not having the ball. No, go over there, um, go away. And oh, man. yeah, and it it really does speak volumes that we've won 5-0 and the first person I've spoke about is the defensive midfielder, which is really weird. But, yeah, yeah I mean, Trent back in the team, um, so, such a big miss and three, three assists, um, three proper assists as well. I know, I know Robertson got two, but one of them was kind of one of them weird ones where he, he passed it and then Origi just skinned for it or took a shot, really, and it was not much of an assist. But, yeah, I mean, those. I've got to say as well, though, Trent, it just showed, doesn't it, what was missing in that game against yeah. United. When you when we're getting the ball out wide, if we're going to deliver, it needs to be good delivery. And I just thought his delivery in open play, set pieces, it was just, it was out of this world. I mean, I'm I'm struggling to go back in you know over over the recent history to find a player who's delivered consistently throughout a game delivered a ball like that with such quality that mm. his technique the, the David, way he, I like the you kind of Beckham yeah, comparisons but, actually. Yeah, but I think <clears throat> Beckham, Gerard, you know, they, they would have a you know a certain delivery and it always kind of did the same thing. I, I think it, I think Trent has, you know, more than one type of ball that he delivers you know there's a few different balls that he delivers but his technique he kind of it's the way he's wrapping his foot around it and he's he's putting so much pace and and bend on it and then dip and it just absolutely superb you just really it's difficult to to find the superlatives to 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 give him enough credit i i honestly i i can't recall i can't recall a game where a player has delivered the ball at such a high level, so consistently throughout a game, it was it was just breathtaking to watch. And he's twenty year old, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that and, and that's another thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, people talk about yeah some of his defensive displays as you mentioned, 
But this is a kid, so he's learning. He's improving. You know, he's he's a better defender than he was a year ago, and he's better than he was before that. So he's improving. He's getting better. I think he did sell himself at one incident against Watford, and that was it. Mm. Other than that, it, it was you know he he was getting into the right positions. He's you know he's just he's getting better and better and better. And like you say, he's got the recovery pace. But it's his technique and his intelligence and his quality on the ball when we're moving forward as a team. And we like to have possession. Well, you know, we've got one of the best outlets in terms of possession. Um, just, And this is the thing. Would you swap him for any other right back in the league right now, in the Premier League? Oh, God, no. Oh, no. No, 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 no. And that's, you know, and how often, how, you know, how long is it since you would actually hold up our goalkeeper... Our first choice centre backs and our first choice full backs, and and in all honesty, say, are there any other full backs, centre backs, and goalkeeper that you would swap any of them for? And you might say one of the centre backs. Mm. I think, and I'd that is, and that is it. And, yeah, and yeah. that, and that is, and that is quite something, isn't it? It's a long, long time since we've in, you know, hand on heart and being totally honest, being able to look around the league that we're playing in and say, is there any? born better in them positions and in all honesty three um four out of them five positions you'd have to say no or, or mm. so, well goalkeeper okay that one's that one's up for debate but in terms of how we play he probably suits us better than to hear would yeah and he's miles better than edison <clears throat> yeah just got to get that in there <laughs> yeah it's it just and that that's not to disparage them it's just you know we're in a we're in a good place with our team in so many different positions and and it's funny isn't it in a 5-0 win we're talking about the defense and the defensive midfielder just because they they're a part of this team and they're a part of what drives us on and and van dyke got a couple of calls as well which was nice yeah yeah i mean it's something that we kind of need from our team cuz um in in games where we struggle obviously by munich and manchester united i said most of the chances felt a matip and it kind of summarised some of our problems that were very dependent on the front three to get goals, but it'd be lovely if Van Dijk can start scoring around um, a bit more consistently because he is the best header of a ball in the league, if not Europe. Um, defensively, he should be getting goals. I mean, I mean, obviously, Sergio Ramos gets loved over. I mean, he's an awful defender, but he scores goals, so people love him and think he's brilliant. I mean, if Van Dijk can add goals, he can actually defend. So, I mean, he'll go down as a legend of the game if, yeah, if we not get... him to Sergio Ramos. <laughs> yeah, not pick up three or four red cards a season yeah. as well. But I mean, how does, um... how does a player... I don't, I don't know if you've seen this, but how does a player who's only good at fouling people get done for getting a yellow card on purpose? You literally... All you can do is foul people. <laughs> you get done for doing it on purpose. How as he was work? stupid enough to admit it. <laughs> And talking of oh, goals, let's yeah. let's let's move things along. Then goal of the month, um, we put this out to a Twitter poll, and your three options, your three main options, were Vinaldum against Bournemouth, Salah against Bournemouth, as we mentioned, that Mane second goal. Now we purposely didn't talk about it during the game because we're going to talk about it here. And then you know, if anybody else had any other contenders, we didn't get any uh, taken up on that. So they were the three main contenders for goal of the month. Uh, Mane's second goal against Watford guy, the back heel, that came out on top with 65% of the of the votes. Now that's that's quite something. Uh but in fairness, you know, we've we've spoke about the Ginny goal and the Salah goal, you know, that they were disgustingly good. The Mane one was just 
um, I, I don't know if almost like Roy Hodgson robbing my face. Have I really just seen that? Oh God, a Roy Hodgson mention. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> Roy Hodgson got in our wall. What's going on? Uh, clear of the month, Roy Hodgson. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, what made it better is the fact he took such a bad touch because we've seen players like Sturridge do that like without the screw up first, but it kind of just summarised what type of player Bardi is. So Barbie's horrendous, and then other times he's the best player in the world. And it just summarised it really well. He took the worst touch I've ever seen, and then just went, ah, oh, screw it, I'm going to backheel this into the floor, then go over the goalkeeper. I mean, it's just it's just wrong. I felt dirty watching it. And the fact that he, he, that wasn't the fifth goal of a 5 now, I think it was the second one. It's just like, oh, mate, what have you just done? <laughs> yeah. I've got to say, right, all the way through the month, it was set for me. Yep, Gini Van Aldum is my goal of the month because that was just beautiful. It was just impish. It was a technique and everything, you know, and it, it just to say inched out the Salah goal. And then last night that comes along and it's just... Yeah, what what can you do? It has to be that. It just has yeah, to be that goal for me, the the money goal. It is. The other two can draw for second, though, without good. But this one's just... This one's different gravy, isn't it? It's just lovely. It, that, that one will be remembered if we do win something this season. Yeah, so there we go. So <clears throat> we're all in agreement. Guy, myself, and... Uh, <laughs> online uh, voters all agreeing. Sadio Mane's back ill. Uh, goal of the month for February. What about your player of the month, guy? Because uh, we also put this out there on the poll. Um, put up as the main contenders, Sadio Mane, Fabinho, Gini Van Aldum. Um, asked for others, but we didn't really get others. And this was, was closer. Fabinho edging out Sadio Mane. So Fabinho got 47% of the votes uh, against Sadio Mane's 41%. So uh, were either of them your choice for player of the month? I had a it was going to be Fabinho. Then I looked through the games and I remembered I gave Fabinho it last month, so I might want to be different here. I'm still going to give it Fabinho because he's been fantastic. But my 1B choice, I'm not going to say second, 1B choice, and nobody else is going to say this, is Joel Matip. Joel Matip, obviously. He has mm. been such a big player for us. In this month, and since um, Lover and Gomez got injured, he's not put in a bad performance, I don't think. And I mean, against Manchester United, he was trying to attack. He <laughs> he was going on sixty-yard runs for God's sake to try and create stuff. And he's making me forget about Joe Gomez. And remember how good Joe Gomez. I think Joe Gomez is the only other one who's got my Player of the Month twice. Um, and. Now for being your hats, but Joel Matip has been, he's took on a level I didn't think he had, to be honest. I thought he was just easily this, I know he's still the secondary centre-back for us, but he's took on a thing where you just, so in the early stage of his Liverpool career, you watched him and went, he's a bit all over the place, but he's better than what we have. Um, But now you just kind of watch him and just like, I have not one thing to worry about. And if anything, he adds something because he's a brilliant passer. He can run with the ball. He's good at covering his fullback. And he, he may have the odd iffy little thing, but he, he never really lets you down. And mm. 
I'm not sure if you saw it, but I think it was Bet365 or something like that. They put an underrated team of the Premier League out. and I mean, it was a horrendous team. I had like Pogba in it for underrated team of the Premier League. I was like, what the hell is that? But Matip must be our most underrated player by a mile. He's not put a foot wrong this season. Mm, that's a good shout. It's, it's definitely a good shout. Uh, and I do think he has had a good month. He has been playing well. I, I think he, what he doesn't have that that um, Lovren has in spades is aggression. Mm. And, and I think if he had that aggression, I, I think he'd be vying for a first-team spot alongside Gomez, you know, and, and the consistency and obviously the injuries. Um, but I, I saw him actually be aggressive a couple of times against yeah. Watford as well. So... I'd look. I'd be more than happy to keep him if he's if he's happy to be a third or fourth choice centre back, uh, and be rotated and get game time just so we can keep some of the others fresh as well going forward. And we 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 bin off Lovren in the summer and bring in a centre back who's who's good enough to be first choice and not made out. But of also <laughs> and not yet yeah, and that's it and not made out of crisps and and get injured every six or seven games. Then, then I'd be more than happy to keep uh, Matip as an as an option there, and and I think it's only right that he gets a mention. Yeah, I've gone for Sadio Mane as my player of the month. I, I don't think there was anyone who you know you know kind of played well all the way through every game, but I think <clears throat> he's been playing well in our good performances. But he's also put in some performances where we've been not so good, and his goals have been important. He's he's been getting early goals for us, so. I I, th- I think he's really stepped up of late, and and I'm going to give him my my February Player of the Month anyway. So moving swiftly on, then um, nice brief academy update from yourself, guy. What's what's been happening over there? Yeah, I'll just keep it quick because uh, I think we went on that bit we went a bit um, bit long there. Um, under twenty threes uh, drew one all with Manchester City. I think Manchester City is still one of the top ones. I might be wrong on that one, but they're normally good. Um, nil nil with Burnley um, away. Then we beat West Ham one nil um, in London somewhere, and then we beat Bournemouth two nil. And I think we've seen more of that Paul Glatzel, um in the under twenty three. So I think he's got promoted. Yeah, he signed. Didn't he, he signed yeah, his, uh, his professional contract as well, hasn't he? So that's yeah, encouraging sign. I think a few did actually. I think Adam Lewis yeah. did. I think Reese Williams did the other day, if I remember correctly. And I think some others did. But yeah, Paul Glatzel seems to be. Um, a, a real potential star in the making. Um, but obviously, we've labelled many a people with that who have gone on to not do that, but he seems to be really one for the future. And uh, I'll just go on to the under-18s. Um, one all with Manchester United. Beat Wigan 2-0 in the Youth Cup. Um, drew one all with Newcastle. And beat Stoke 3-1. Um, yeah, it's... Um, Looks like an alright month for, for both sets of the academy. I mean, just I had a little flick through um, some of the stuff. Uh, Paul Glatzel's name kept coming up. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure Glatzel and Duncan have been the two main lads again. Um, but yeah, I know we've got a, a little bit on the trivia which kind of links with the academy. So yeah, that, that'll do for the academy. Um, I will be better yeah. prepared next time, people. I will actually tell you. Stuff. <laughs> you keep saying that. I do. I might watch one of them this time. <clears throat> yeah, it, it'd be good. It will be good over the coming year if we, we do get to see Glatzel and Ray and Brewster and Bobby Duncan involved in some first team matches, whether that be in the Cups or whatever, you know, just to get them out there and start moving moving players up and along. It's, you know, like we have done with Trent, it's it's always it's always refreshing to see young players coming through from the academy and and be a part of the first team. So uh, let's hope there's, there's more to come. What about the fantasy then, Guy? Because um, 
I was doing really well. I was climbing up that uh, contributors league, and then I've had a terrible week over <laughs> this past week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll go through the leagues first. Um, as ever, um, Richard Merritt is still top. I'm not sure if he listens to the show, but I've mentioned him every month. He's always top of the the public league, um, and his and his team name is Tiki Tika Morsala. So well done to that. <laughs> Um, Contributors League, I'm fairly sure it's our friend Simon Dowling, Hefty Horse. Yes, it is. And, um, yeah, he's actually on the uh, Fantasy Pod. So when he's on it, we actually get a bit of credibility. Um, So, yeah, that'll do. Where am I? I am 8th, so I am proper Leicester at the minute. Um, Yeah, so where are you, Andy? Where are you? I I was down right near the... I was in the relegation spots, but I was climbing up. I I was climbing... Yeah, I was. I think I was twenty second at one point. I, I jumped. I had a cracking week, but then I've dropped off again. But hey, um, I, just looking at the uh, the stats for you know <clears throat> overall total scores, Salah's still leading for the game. He, he for the uh, whatever you call it, the game, the points, fantasy football. Yeah. yeah, the points thing. Anyway, Salah's still the top scorer out of everyone. So you know, even though he's not having quite as sensational a season as last year, he's still he's still leading the fantasy. Mm, yeah, I mean, he's. I'm not sure if he's still top goal scorer in the league. Uh, whether Aguero's overtaken, I think Aguero's just ahead mm, of him. Yeah, yeah, but he he just does a bit of everything. Um, obviously, gets bonus points as well, assists. He's just he's the most expensive player in the game for it for a reason because he does he yeah. does everything really. Yeah, see, Allison's leading the goalkeepers. Um, Robertson and Van Dijk are the top two for defenders. We've got Salah, obviously, as the top midfielder. Mane in fourth position, just behind Sterling and Hazard. Uh, and then not so much uh, for, the, for the forwards. Firmino's dropped down the list a little bit. But um, it's, it's kind of an indicator that Liverpool players are, are performing are performing pretty damn well. You know, we're, we're not top of the league by uh, by some fluke. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the midfield, I mean, Mane's patch of form has just been... Brilliant. Um, I think his scoring record. He obviously hasn't taken any penalties or anything, which makes it more impressive. So mm-hmm. it's. I mean, I think I've seen people in in the world of FPL um, Twitter talking about swapping Salah to Mane, and that that's a really big statement. But as you mentioned, yeah. um, Firmino's probably the most disappointing one there. Really, um, he's not really had the best season, um, and he is still the sixth best forward in the game yeah um, but if you were if you were, you know having to pick out three players for, for Liverpool to have in your team are you going like Salah with Mane and then one of the defenders or do you maybe pick a couple of defenders and then either Salah or Mane to balance it out um for me personally uh, as I mentioned I'm not the greatest at this but I'd have Alisson um as one of them because, I mean, if you just pick him, you don't have to worry about your goalkeeper situation ever again. Uh, might be a bit too expensive now, but Alisson is really the one for me because he's going to play every game. And you could probably say the same about Robertson, um, who I've pretty much had since the start of the game, I think. Um, but I think the the amount of options you can have in defence, obviously, if Trent plays every game, he's a bit cheaper, so you might want to pick him. Um, and Van Dyke's um, creeping up there as well, and if he starts scoring goals, good God. Um, but yeah, I'd pick Alisson Robertson, and then I have Salah personally, because I think he's more dependable than Mane, but the the form that Mane is in, um, 
you might as well save yourself a, a few million and pick Mane. But I think long term, and obviously Salah's still top of the scoring uh, of the whole game. Now Salah long term is probably the best option, but in the short term, maybe keep a couple of million in the bank, have Mane, and then be able to swap if Salah catches fire again. Mm. So there you go, and and of course, as always, if you if you're interested in your fantasy Premier League. You can get more into it with your uh, FPL yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. I think we're recording one next week, although we'll try and fit one in next week because I think there's a bit of a gap where we'll talk about me wildcarding and ruining my team. <laughs> I'll have to have a go at some of that. <laughs> <laughs> so moving swiftly on to trivia and March birthdays. Uh, first of March, it's uh, Jimmy Traore's birthday. So yes. very many happy returns to the legend that is Jimmy Traore, born 1st of March 1980. Um, the 4th of March it is the birthday of the one and only the King, Sir Kenny Dalglish, uh, born 4th of March 1951, uh, Liverpool's greatest ever player, of course, a true legend. And you can hear him here on Anfield Index as part of the uh, the King and AI podcast. Uh, played 515 games for Liverpool, scoring 172 goals. Uh, and as a player and a manager, won nine league championships, three European Cups, two FA Cups and five League Cups. Just incredible. Um, ju- uh, just amazing. Amazing footballer, amazing man, amazing human being. So uh, uh, happy birthday to uh, Sir Kenny Dalglish. Uh, six of uh, six of March, it is Simon Mignolet's birthday, uh, born 1988. So he'll be, what, 31 um, 11th of March, Andy Robertson's birthday. He'll be, uh, where are we, 25? Getting on that, uh, sell him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's getting too old now. Uh, 12th of March, uh, the birthday of Joe Fagan, uh, born 1921. Uh, often a forgotten name. Um, he, he was a legend of the club, um, served in the back room, became manager for two seasons uh, between 83 and 85. He won the league, the League Cup and the European Cup treble in 1984. Um, so happy birthday to uh, to Joe Fagan, <clears throat> the late, great Joe Fagan. Uh, the 19th is um, a favourite of many, uh, Colo Toure, born yes. 1981. Everybody loves Colo. He's, uh, he's back, back in, in the, the Premier, Premier League. League yes. yes. We're 18 months away from him being the Premier League <laughs> manager when Brendan gets sacked. <laughs> Be interesting if he picks the same type of team uh, tactically uh, as Yaya did. <laughs> All the attackers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to stick a forwarding goal just so we have an extra attacker on the pitch. Yeah. That kind of thing. Uh, the 20th of March, it's Fernando Torres' birthday, born 1984. And I know the way he left the club wasn't good, but in his prime at Liverpool, he was a sensational player. And he was my eldest son's first ever hero for Liverpool as well. So, yeah, Fernando Torres' birthday, he'll be 35. I can't believe he's actually getting old, Fernando Torres. He always looks so young. Uh, the final birthday of March, uh, Guy, is on the 22nd, and it's Harry Wilson. Now, he'll be turning 22 uh, towards the end of March. And I have to ask you uh, quickly, is do, do you think he still has a future at Liverpool? Because hmm. it's a tough one, is it, when you think of how good he's been on loan at Derby and on the goals that he's been scoring, the free kicks. You know, he's been catching a lot of attention, hasn't he? Do, do you think he could have a future at Liverpool still? I think he could, but if he wants to be starting week in, week out of the Premier League, 
Um, I don't think he can be that at Liverpool because I think he's played in midfield at, at um, I was going to say Leicester, at Derby. Um, and we look at that position now. We're struggling to get a £60 million midfielder in the team. I, and I think Naby Keita is one year older than Harry Wilson. Um, round about that. Um, so if Harry Wilson is a future as a, a number eight or a number 10, I know he played on the wing for us in, in the academy and at Hull, etc. That's probably more of an opportunity because we've seen Shakiri have really bad form in these last few months. Um, but Klopp doesn't rotate the front three. So I, he's not going to bet a mana. He's not going to bet a Salah. He's not going to displace Firmino. We're not going to rejig the team for that. And in the midfield... We obviously linked with um, Fakir. Well, we almost bought Fakir in the summer. We were linked with Lamar previously. And they're all 40, 50 million pound signings. Is Harry Wilson done that much at Derby, who I think is struggling to get in the playoffs now and have kind of fallen off a cliff recently? Has he done enough to really make us forget about signing a 50 million pound player? I really doubt mm. it. So if he wants to. If he wants to start in the Premier League, I don't think it'll be at Liverpool. But at the same time, I think he could be a useful squad option. But if you look at our bench, I mean, there's probably a natural replacement with Lallana there, I suppose. Because, I mean, I imagine he'll want to go play and obviously he's not really that great anymore. Um, or it was, in my opinion. But yeah, I think he could potentially be a squad player. But if he really wants to start in the Premier League... He should really be moving on to a club. Hmm, I don't know. Hmm, Crystal Palace. I mean, Townsend's not great. Maybe there's a gap there or something like that. But I mean, he's he's gone on loan. Obviously, started off at Hull now, Dad. But he's probably turned himself into a twenty twenty five million pound asset for us. And whether we use him or not, he's definitely he's definitely a Premier League player. Obviously. It's weird because I don't really like watching the championship and all, all I see highlight-wise is him scoring worldies. And for me, that's really unsustainable. So it'd be interesting to see how he actually does in the Premier League in terms of general play. I mean, it's lovely having a worldie in your locker, but if that's all you're providing, um, yeah, you're going to need to add more. But I think he's definitely a Premier League player, but I'm not sure if he'll be a starter for us. Yeah, because I, I think for, for us, he could be a, a good option to have within the squad. But for him, obviously, like you mentioned, you probably want to have more than that. So the the inevitability would be that he's probably going to have to move on, which is, is a bit of a shame. But um, <clears throat> that is that is the nature of the game. A um, few little tidbits of trivia for you in this month. Uh, back 10th of March in 2009 was when Liverpool beat Ma- uh, Real Madrid 4-0 at home in the Champions League. And that oh, was yes. a sensational night, yeah. And that was... They weren't at their very best, Real Madrid, then, but they still had. You look at their team on paper, and it was still a hell of a team. And and that just kind of shows you where we were at that point. We dropped well off that cliff, but we are getting back to it. And that's a nice one to to think about. Um, also, fourteenth, fourteenth uh, of March, Sir Matt Busby made his Liverpool debut, and. <laughs> And now this, uh, the man obviously is synonymous with um, with Man United as 
as one of their greatest ever, arguably their greatest ever manager, one of their greatest ever manager, the whole Busby Babes and whatnot. But he was a Liverpool player and he was a captain before he was at United and he was a very close friend of Bill Shankly. So uh, just a little bit there for you. And the final bit of uh, trivia is um, 31st of March, 1990, Ronnie Rosenthal made his uh, Liverpool debut. Now, he was not initially brought in on loan from Standard Liège, uh, but he played an important role in Liverpool winning the title back in 1990. He scored seven goals in eight games uh, during the running of that season. So, uh, you know, he, he was an important player. And if Liverpool are to 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 do that, because that was the last time he won the league. So if Liverpool are to win the, the league again, do you think we, who or who do you think could be our Ronnie Rosenthal in this uh, running? Who who could who could be our secret weapon and banging in goals in and maybe just make that difference for us to uh, to pinch the league? Hmm. I mean, because I'm going to give my Origi got one against Watford. Yeah, that's a good one. Because yeah. I was actually going to say, you know what? It could. I know he's already done it. He's had a good run earlier in the season, but I think I wonder if it could be Shakiri. You know, mm. he's had a bit of a down period. He's not been featuring. Maybe come back into it nice and refreshed. And we, we have like a little purple patch of Shakiri to the end of the season. I think, yeah, Shakiri's a good shout, and I think Origi is as well. But I think we're still waiting on Cater to. I know he's not the hugest scorer, but we're still waiting. I think he's had one assist, but we're still waiting for him to really explode in the scene. So I think we've got three good contenders there. I mean, I think there's still a storage moment there somewhere. He's too, mm. he's too good not to do something mental. <laughs> So I'd, if Sturridge <laughs> scores another world, he, it'll do me. He yeah, can... how, how how apt would that be on his way out? You know, his last last game for Liverpool is him scoring a winner that uh, ensures we win the title. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Against Chelsea as well, because he loves it. <laughs> right then, Premier League prediction time then, Guy. Um, as we stand, you are still top of the league. You've got 25 points. I've got 19. Uh, looking quickly back at February, obviously uh, Liverpool, West Ham... It finished uh, one all. You predicted three two. I predicted three two. So we both got zero points from that. Um, Bournemouth. You, we both predicted two nil for that one. It finished three nil. So we both got one point. Uh, Man United game. You predicted two nil win for Liverpool. I predicted two two. It finished nil nil. So you got zero. I got one. So I'm catching you. I'm catching you. One point oh. closer. And then Watford. Now you predicted four nil, so you almost got oh, it. You almost it. got it. I went for three one, and it finished five nil. Obviously, so we got a point each. So you're still top of the league. So matches games. Then we've got four games here. So first up, away at Everton. What are you going for here? Um, two nil us. Why not? They've been abysmal since we well since Origi destroyed them. <laughs> I'm going to be superstitious and I'm going to go for a 1-1 um, and then, then the next one after that is home to Burnley 3-0 mm, 3-0 nice and confident I'm going to go for a 2-0 then we've got um, Fulham away from home with uh, Scott Parker now in charge what did I predict last time? 6-1 <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> You're going for six one. I think that was what I did last time against Fulham. Let's do it. It'll be one of them. Come on. It'll be like Leon. Br- <laughs> It'll be like Leon Britton last year, where it was just an awful manager. <laughs> you know, what? I'm going to be brave, and I'm going to go for four one. 
to Liverpool. What the heck? Then we've got a little break. I think it's in internationals. God help us. <clears throat> and we come back to the uh, to Spurs at home right at the end of the uh, the month. So what are you going for that one? Oh, I think this is probably our hardest game left. Um, mm, 2-1. Yeah, I'm going the same, actually. I fancy it's just to sneak that one. So, yeah, I'll go 2-1 as well. So uh, let's let's see where that takes us. So a uh, final bit then before we're done. Um, we've got the second leg of the Champions League against Bayern in Munich against... Um, <clears throat> sorry, in Munich at the Allianz Arena... Thirteenth uh, of March. It's um, th- this is where I think the importance of keeping a clean sheet. You know, if you're not going to win, you've got to draw nil nil, because that's it. Then as soon as we get an away goal, it's all on them. And I think it could be the key. Uh, the key could be to this one, guys. Just who scores first. Um, if we get a goal, I think they could really open up. And I, and I think they'll have to be a bit more attacking than they were last time. And and as you mentioned as well, is there's no Kimmich in this game. So, what what are you thinking about this game? Um, I'm quite confident as it's getting through because, as, as you mentioned, they've got to open up a bit. Um, the missing Kimmich, who I think's got like the most assists in Europe, um, or joint for I'm not sure how it's changed, but when I saw it, it was like joint with Messi and someone, it might have been Salah. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be a huge miss, and I'm quite confident that we'll score. And I don't, I think if they open up to, um, try and do us um, out because obviously away goals and all that jazz. I think I think it should be confident because I think we saw Sula and Hummels. They needed to be protected because they were quite slow. So if they open up, I think I think we'll see Salah and um, Mane especially take take a take advantage of that. So I'll, I'll be quite confident in that. I'll, I'll probably say two one will go through, but I think it'll end up being quite comfortable. Yeah, I, I do think there's going to be much more opportunity for us to get in behind them and expose them weaknesses that they do have on the transition. But I think, yeah, it's all about getting the first goal in this game. Um, and I, I've i got to say, I do fancy a score draw in this, which would be enough to take us through. So, uh, But I, I think it's going to be an interesting game anyway. A big one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it depends. Some people want us to go out of the Champions League to just focus <laughs> on, the, uh, on the league. But um, Well, you know, no harm in winning the double, though, is there? Oh, no. I mean, as long as we win the Premier League, isn't it? then the Champions League will be fine. It'll be lovely. Uh, yeah, but, nice to celebrate the double. Yeah, I think we should de- at least get past Bayern Munich then. Because, mm. I mean, if Tottenham don't bottle it against um, Dortmund, we don't want them having bragging rights about beating the better team in Germany and all that. And then they can go up to it. A half decent team. <laughs> yeah, so uh, all in all, another big month. Uh, things are really, really hot and up. And just important that we can uh, keep some good form going, and and see where we uh, where we are in in the shake up come uh, come April. So mm. you reckon, reckon a month's time from now we're going to be looking back on on a good month and um, hopeful of of what lies ahead. We better be. Three teams are awful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So then that's it from us, from myself and Guy. Uh, we're done for another month here on the Res Review. This has been your March edition of the Res Review Audio Magazine. Uh, thank you so much for all your contributions online and also for, for listening in each and every month. We really, really do appreciate it. But from now, from myself and Guy here at the Res Review here on Anfield Index, it's bye bye now.
Social Podcast Network.